Hello, and welcome to another episode of Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood has a chance to. It's a little like rebooting fanfiction. I'm Lindsay, and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, and I use they, them pronouns. I forgot to finish my own spiel because I have a shrimp. (laughs) Tonight's recording brought to you by a very touch-and-go, Tanner has to try and feed himself while also doing a podcast. (laughs) Well, one of these days you had to provide the ASMR. Look, I edit out all of your high-quality chewing noises, so I'll do the same to myself. Anyways, tonight, unfortunately, we do not have our guest with us tonight. Some stuff came up. She is ill. We will get her back again one day. So instead, we're just moving forward to my emergency backup 90s idea. Okay. So, Lindsay. Tanner. No one told you life was going to be this way. (laughs) Friends. Friends. With friends like these, who needs... Anemones. (laughs) Anemones. <laughs> I've decided to reboot Friends, which is a question that has been on everyone's mind since the show ended, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, probably. I recall, like, within a year of the series finale, people were like, so when is the Friends reunion show? Oh my god, give them a break. Please let us do literally anything else before you drag us back. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, did you ever watch Friends as a youth? Um... I don't remember watching Friends when it was on, but I remember there being lots of reruns on various channels that I did manage to watch. My mom watches Friends on Netflix right now, but before they got it on there, it was just on a constant loop on (laughs) MTV, of all things. I can kind of see that happening. MTV doesn't play music videos anyway. Exactly. I watched bits and pieces of it when I was younger. I was old enough that I could actually watch it and understand what was going on by the time of the last season, so my parents let me. Okay. Because that was also at the point where, like, I had friends at school that would be like, they they weren't asking me, oh, did you see last night's super awesome episode of Friends? But they were like, oh, aware of stuff that happened, like saying, how you doing? Or doing the Janice laugh or (laughs) turkey on head jokes. Yeah. And now, of course, Friends is a little bit infamous because of Ross. Yeah. Dramatic lightning. (laughs) Especially if we go on a Tumblr. Yeah. Yeah. All those complaints are, like, almost entirely valid. Ross Mm. is super creepy. Yeah. I think the two standouts are the ones where he basically gaslit Rachel's boss into firing her because he was salty that she had to work when they were going to have a date. (sighs) And he refused to hire a male nanny for their kid because if a nanny is male, that's bad because lady job oh my god ross you're the literal worst he truly is why don't the other friends just eat him (laughs) which brings us to today's reboot (laughs) the silence of the friends (laughs) yes we are having a friend of a dinner tonight With some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Though I'm not drinking Chianti, I'm drinking a Merlot? Yeah, I think I bought a Merlot. And they'd probably eat Ross over coffee. Yeah, they're coffee people. Mm-hmm. They're all Gen Xers. Gotta have that Starbucks. Let's see, more about the awfulness of Ross. I, I do feel sorry for David Schwimmer. 
because like right after Friends ended, he was on Band of Brothers where he played Herbert Sobel, the literal worst person in that entire miniseries. Yeah, but he was designed to be that. And that's what Sobel was a real person and apparently he was like that. He was like Ross without any of the redeeming qualities. And he wasn't framed to be like this nice guy who just has bad luck. He no, was- he was supposed to be the fucking villain. <laughs> yep. My favorite David Schwimmer role is Melman the Giraffe. <laughs> yeah. I love when all the snow melts and the sun finally comes out and I walk into the beautiful spring air and my first response is, Ah, nature, get it off of me! <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we're in May. I'm just waiting for when all the trees start to, you know, spread their cotton spores all over the place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had snow last week. Ugh. And now we're getting close to tent worm season. Yay! Um, explain to the audience who might not know what tent worm season is. Well, it's just the worms that crawl up the trees and make all their nests and spin their webs in the branches. And you gotta be careful if you're walking underneath them so that they don't drop on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're these uh, little highly destructive caterpillars that... They turn into the white moths, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bruh, yeah. Sometimes when I finish my uh, night shifts and I'm coming out there at 5 a.m. and I turn on my car lights and it's just illuminate the entire wall of the store. <sighs> oh. Yeah. Oh. On the upside, they're better than the canker worms that used to be in Regina. Yeah, that's true. Because tent worms, like, they sometimes fall. Canker worms intentionally try and fall on you. Like, mm-hmm. th- they would sus- they would take the threads and suspend themselves from the trees in the hopes that a person would walk underneath and, like, brush against them. Oh my god, they're like the freaking Kakuna and Metapod from Pokemon Snap. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we all live in a Pokemon world. I saw, P- I saw, <laughs> I was gonna say I saw Protective Dikachu. <laughs> I saw Protective Dikachu the other night. It was good. I'll go and see it tomorrow. It's worth it. Yeah. Dethrone the end game. So, anyway, what's your plan? What are you going to do when it comes to rebooting Friends? So here's the thing. Friends is both extremely easy and kind of difficult to reboot because the premise was they are friends. Yeah. All you have to do is bring together a group of decently attractive 20-somethings, have them sit in a coffee shop, and talk about their lives. Yeah. So if you truly want it to be a Friends reboot... You need to make sure that all of these characters hone very close to the original friends and also have to make sure that, like, you're probably going to have to repeat several of the classic plots. Yeah. So I'm desperately trying to remember some of them. There was the chicken, the duck. There was that time that Monica got her head stuck in the turkey. <laughs> um, the Thanksgiving lightning confessions. Yeah. Um, I remember one time Joey almost killed Chandler while trying to install a home entertainment system. Oh, no. Chandler was leaning against the wall. And Joey was just drilling from the other side, and the drill came right in front of Chandler's eyes. <laughs> oh my god, that's terrifying. Um, the hairy naked neighbor. Oh, ugly naked guy from next door. <laughs> yeah. Or from, a, from the next building over. <laughs> yeah. And one time they were worried that he died, so they had to build a giant poking device. <laughs> Do we have to keep calling him ugly naked guy? He doesn't necessarily have to be ugly, but he does have to be naked. Yeah, let's just drop the ugly and make him the naked guy. Yeah, because it's still awkward when you see someone put on a peep show for you. Like, I remember 
This happened in real life. So back when we were living in the townhouse, our back windows looked onto the neighbor's backyard. And I remember my grandparents were visiting. We were going to go somewhere for something. And grandma and I are waiting for my grandpa. And we both noticed out of the living room window, the guy across from us was getting dressed or whatever. And I I can't remember if he was fully naked or at least had some sort of underwear on. But yeah, his window was fully open for the entire neighborhood to see him in his unclothed glory. Good for him. And grandma and I were giggling like schoolgirls. <laughs> Because as expressed in as show as demonstrated in our in the last episode, we are inside twelve. Exactly. Naked people will never not be funny. So here's a big change that I'm potentially making to friends. Okay. Can you guess what it is? Something to do with Ross? No Ross. Yay. We are Rossless. Yeah, because there's no real way of making that guy like nice. Yeah, because so much of his character is built into stuff that, I mean, we it was always, I'm not going to say it's problematic now, because it was always problematic. We just didn't realize it when it was going on. We looked at the stuff that Ross would do and the stuff that happened to him, and we'd go, Aw, poor Ross, I feel so bad for him. And my mom still does that. Oh. And okay. I have to point like, Mom, you, you know he's kind of an ass to everybody, right? And she's like, yeah, but I just feel so bad for him. Look, it's David Schwimmer's face, okay? Yeah, I don't want to put my mom on blast, but... Yeah. It's David Schwimmer's face. <laughs> I understand. With all the the music and the lighting and the script and the... Uh, who are they? The... It's not B.B. Mac. It's U2. Yeah. It's a completely different European band made of letters and numbers. <laughs> that classic uh, Irish rock band, B2K. <laughs> Singing with or without you while Ross looks sadly into the rain and he has a monkey. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that there was a monkey there. Now, we have two options for how to replace Ross. Okay. Janice or Susan. I don't remember either. So Susan was Ross's ex-wife. Okay. The lesbian. Cool. Which... I will say this for all of its faults, and there are many, and most of them are Ross. Yeah. Friends was pretty progressive for having it aired a full-on lesbian wedding in 1994. Good on that. And was very upfront about the fact that Susan's kid, oh no, it wasn't Susan, it was Carol's kid, was going to be raised by two lesbians. Like, it wasn't even, I'm pretty sure the kid wasn't even Ross's. Can't recall. They had so many spawn over the course of that show, holy smokes. Oh god. So confusing. All I remember is that Chandler and Monica had twins, and they weren't until the end, so I didn't have to worry about them. Yeah. Yeah, so there's Susan, and then the other one was Janice? Oh. My. God. Chandler. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, she sounds like Fran Dressler. I wish she was Fran Drescher. Yeah. Janice was Chandler's on-again, off-again girlfriend for, like, the first four seasons. She actually was almost the main character in the third season because they were dating so regularly. Okay. I think because Chandler almost died in a different way. <laughs> okay. How many times did Chandler almost die? I'm pretty sure it was just the two. Okay. I don't think it's enough for it to be a thing. Yeah. It's not like Giles from Buffy who is constantly getting like blunt force trauma to the head. Mm-hmm. 
Or, you know, Harry on the current Charmed where he keeps on getting kidnapped. <laughs> I had to stop watching the new Charmed because I ran out of time. <laughs> yeah. Though I will say, the thing that threw me the most was that in the first two or three episodes, there's an incel. I'm calling him an incel because that's what they call him in the script. There is an incel played by a guy who's a recurring character on Kim's Convenience. <laughs> and he's the most nebbish, awkward nerd imaginable. He's Actually, he's the kind of character that the writers thought they were writing when they were writing for Ross. Okay, yeah. Except he's a lot nicer and more polite. Yeah. Yeah, no. Ross is that asshole wet blanket that... He's only tolerated because he's related to someone else. Yeah, oh my god, you're exactly right. Yeah. That's why we must remove him. He's not even going to be Monica's brother in the reboot. Yay! He's just some guy, if he stays at all. Yep. Although, I, I will hand it to David Schwimmer of his his very first appearance in the pilot. He walks in, and they're like, hey, Ross, and he just goes, hi. <laughs> he's, he's so morose and sad. It's He's very good when he's just doing that, and then they have him do literally anything else, and it's like, okay. Yeah. I guess I'll play this enormous tool <laughs> damn this is the fucking ross roast over here uh well honestly he deserves the hate he does yeah so do you want to put janice in the sixth spot or susan <sighs> and keep in mind we don't necessarily need susan to be a regular for the queer rep because also chandler and joey will definitely get together yeah as established joey or no not joe as established chandler has homosexual hair <laughs> yes he does <laughs> ugh cause Janice like then again I don't remember either of those characters because I never really saw a lot of Friends episodes okay yeah even though they were on repeat on like Peachtree but like I was more of a Frasier person anyway ah uh, yeah you like that tossed salad and scrambled eggs yes you didn't need people to be there for you <laughs> well I didn't realize that until later but I also really liked uh, the dog, so yeah. <laughs> the only reason you watch Razor is for the dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Niles and Daphne were fucking fun, too. See, I'm the opposite of you. I watched a lot more Friends than I did Fraser. So oh, okay. All I remember was brothers, dad, dog, therapy. Yeah. I didn't even realize that there was a radio show involved until like a decade later. <laughs> And I had no idea that it was a Cheers spinoff. <laughs> Did you know that... Okay, so you know Phoebe. She was the kind of hippie one who worked. Yes. Yeah. You have me worried there. Okay, hang on. Do, do I have to d define the friends for you? Kind of, because as I said, I only watched like a few episodes in total. Okay. So we had Ross. Yeah. Who's bad. awful. He was, he was your nice guy TM. That's really the best way. Mm-hmm. Then we had Chandler, who was a little neurotic, and he worked in an office, and he was supposed to be gay in, like, the planning stages, and then they chickened out of that. We're gonna make him gay. He's gonna be gay. Or maybe he'll be bi. Maybe Chandler is the bi-con. Yeah. We'll make him bi because there's such a lack of positive male bisexual representation. Exactly. And then that way, he could still end up with Monica. Yeah. Listen, I'll, I will read uh, 24 hours worth of Chandler x Joey fanfiction, <laughs> but at the end of the day, Monica and Chandler together is very pure. Yes. From what I understand. Yeah. 
So yeah, Chandler's a little neurotic, very awkward. He always has a quip for a situation. There was one episode where it was a Halloween party and Joey showed up like dressed so much normally and they're like, Joey didn't wear a costume. And he said, oh, I'm Chandler. And then like, okay, that, how does this Chandler though? Like, okay, hang on, let me try again. I'm Chandler. <laughs> and then they go, oh, it's perfect. <laughs> so that's Chandler. Joey is a mostly self-absorbed actor. He's still a nicer person than Ross is. He treats women with a lot more respect, even if he's a huge Casanova and player. Yeah, it can work. His catchphrase is, how you doing? <laughs> Look, respect and self-confidence is a major aphrodisiac. Yes, that's basically Joey. Yeah. And then there was Phoebe. She was the crunchy granola, hippy-dippy girl mm-hmm. um, who had a incredibly tragic backstory because like her mom committed suicide oh but then it turned out that was just her stepmom or her adoptive mother and her real mom was still alive is she a character from once upon a time probably (laughs) she also found her long-lost brother who ended up having a baby with kitty from that 70s show the actress not the character okay oh wait no it was it no that was a surrogate, yeah, because Lisa Kujo, the actress, got, I'm pretty sure she was pregnant. And so Phoebe ended up being a surrogate mother for her brother. Okay. That's not weird. That's That doesn't hit the incest alarm. Still, I'm just... It was in vitro. There's no <laughs> genetic crossover, Lindsay. Actually, this is probably the best situation, because then you know that the... the, the, the uh, I know, it's more like it's system. got a telenovela feel. This is like Jane the Virgin. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because Phoebe knew she was... <laughs> <laughs> okay, first off, Phoebe knew that she was gonna be artificially, like, in vitro. Inseminated instead of the fertilized Jane egg put in who... her. It, it wasn't an accident. <laughs> it wasn't an accident, and it wasn't basically immaculate conception. <laughs> <laughs> Though, second of all, I will point out that most sitcoms are telenovela esque. Yeah, they just play everything for laughs, whereas telenovela plays it straight. Which is also for laughs when you go far enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Phoebe also. She wrote the best songs. That, well, she's the only person who made songs in the series, but all of them are very good. Like, yeah. smelly cat, smelly cat, <laughs> what are they feeding you? Smelly cat, smelly cat, it's not your fault. <laughs> um, In the last few seasons, she did a guy named Mike, who was played by Paul Rudd. Oh, cool. You, you'll recognize him because yeah. Paul Rudd is um, immortal. <laughs> Apparently. He is a, a universal constant. He always exists in the same form. Yeah, so I guess he's in that... Um, who are the other immortals? Uh, Jeff Goldblum and... Jeff Goldblum, Keanu Reeves. See, I don't know if we have evidence that Jeff Goldblum is immortal aside from his personality. I'd still believe that he's immortal somehow. Yeah, no, like that's what I'm saying. Like Paul, yeah. Paul Rudd we know is immortal because he has not aged. And we know Keanu Reeves is immortal because we have pictures of him from the 1800s. But then Jeff Goldblum is just someone who, yeah, you seem like you've been around a few millennia. (laughs) Yeah. I'm pretty sure Christopher Lee is an actual vampire and will rise again in about 200 years. We can only hope. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Phoebe was everyone's favorite character. Oh, the other thing is that, like, the pairings, you had... Ross and Rachel doing their whole on and off again thing. Ugh. The biggest friends moment was Ross spent two seasons dating a woman named Emily. She's from London. Oh yeah, I remember. I I remember the wedding with Emily. Yeah, yeah. So that was the biggest moment where the season finale, 
where they're doing the vows and Ross says, I, Ross, take you, Rachel. And then the last shots are just everyone doing a reaction take. And then, okay, see you in the fall, suckers. Yeah, no, you see, in real life, mostly people just, like, laugh. Sometimes it's a nervous laugh. Sometimes it's a genuine chuckle. Like, um, apparently during the wedding between Charles and Diana way back in 1980. Okay, Charles does have a lot of middle names. And she kind of got one of them flipped around with his first name. (laughs) I mean, it still counts. Yeah. We've established time and time again that the names of the royals are actually fake entirely. <laughs> yeah, like, in the past hundred years, they've actually changed their official house name from saxe coburg gotha to Windsor. Good call. Yes. It's probably an elaborate scheme to make sure the fairies can't get at them. <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, William the Conqueror did sacrifice a bunch of prisoners to Odin when he died, even though he was still technically a Christian, so. (laughs) Oh, you know, Saint Odin. (laughs) Oh, you know that Odin is actually Santa Claus. Yeah. (laughs) Look it up, viewers. It's kind of wild that when the Greeks finally made contact with the Vikings, they're like, oh, your favorite god is Hermes? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, Odin, he's fast, and he's kind of an asshole. Must be Hermes! <laughs> also, sweet hat and a staff. S- sweet hat! <laughs> anyway, friends! Anyway, <laughs> friends! So, which Greek deities can we syncretize with the friends group? <laughs> Do not spit wine on your laptop! <laughs> Phoebe is one of the muses. Phoebe's probably Hecate. But she's Wait, also is good. It, like... Is it Hecate or Hecate? Uh, I think it's... Hecate or Hecate? Okay. But I I've always gone with Hecate. Our be- our BFF Heck. <laughs> our BFF Heck and Kate. <laughs> yeah, so uh Rachel and Monica, what are they like? Okay, right. So Monica probably ha- is obsessive compulsive. The the big joke was Monica has OCD. And like that's we're we're at a point now where we're not just slapping that onto anyone who has uh, is a neat freak. Yeah. But Monica definitely has obsessive-compulsive behaviors. Like, one time, the, the joke was always, oh, you have OCD, da-da-da, because that was such an easy term to slap onto people who are, like, neat and clean a lot. Yeah. But there was an episode where, like, she tried to prove them wrong by leaving shoes in the middle of the floor. Yeah. That was all she did. Yeah. And then she spends the entire night lying awake thinking about the shoes on the floor, and then she tries this scheme about how she'll go put them away, and then she'll wake up before her roommates and put them back in the middle of the floor so that they don't realize that she moved them. And then she's like, oh, wait, maybe I am, <laughs> maybe I do have OCD. And yeah. I feel like we can refine that into something that works a bit better for the actual condition. Yeah, and, like, remember when... um we did the episode for uh, the Sherlock Holmes uh, right, yes. Holmes on the Little Prairie. So we talked about Alain Perrault, our version of Hercule Perrault, and it's generally yes. thought that he has OC, um, obsessive compulsive personality disorder. Right. So that's where you don't, personality disorders, you don't really think anything's wrong, but something is wrong, basically. It's yeah. like hard baked into your brain. Whereas. Yeah. It's Monica, like, that's the magical thinking, right? Yeah, that's the magical thinking. Um, where it's like, I have to. I have to turn the doorknob six times this way and seven times the other way. Otherwise, all my friends will die. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Whereas Monica, from the way you described it, it's almost like she has the anxiety version. 
Yeah, it's a combination of like an. Obs- I don't know if it's an ag- this is an actual term, but it's like an obsessive compulsive anxiety and germophobia because she's always cleaning too. Yeah, and like that one, that one's a little bit more cut and dry. Like Monica does not like a mess. Yeah, and that is fair. Yes, she's probably going to be the fair. friend who always has hand sanitizer in her purse. Oh yeah, even though that's actually you know not a good idea because the bacteria are getting stronger from it. That's why you have two different brands. Because <laughs> one will ki- one will kill ninety nine point nine percent of bacteria, and then the other one will knock off that last point one percent. Sure, sure. And TB gets stronger every day. You just pour some ammonia into your lotion. I might as well just like rub everything down with fucking ether. <laughs> Monica's also a chef. That usually doesn't come into play, though. That was a bigger deal in the earlier seasons. It should be a bigger deal for this series because, like, being a professional chef is kind of a thing. Yeah. See, the thing about Friends is that even when they all have decent jobs, they spend a lot of time chilling with... Either we see them during their downtime, or they just straight out skip out of work. <laughs> there was one episode where, the in the cold open, five of them were talking about how their bosses don't like them, and mm-hmm. then Joey says, well, maybe it's because you're all, like, sitting in a coffee shop at two o'clock on a Monday. Yeah. And they like, all immediately run back to work. Like, um, I remember watching one of Anthony Bourdain's shows, and it seems like chefs do have like kind of blocks of breaks between certain uh major shifts so like you have the your uh lunch shift break dinner shift break prep yeah so you could probably justify monica being at the cafe at two in the afternoon yeah it's everyone else that's a bit iffy yeah and i'm guessing phoebe works at the cafe right no phoebe's a masseuse oh okay but not like that yeah <laughs> she's an actual masseuse <laughs> Um, Joey's an actor. I can't remember if I mentioned that. Yeah. So he's an actor. He, one of the major plots in one of the seasons was that he was a major character on Days of Our Lives. <laughs> Dr. Drake Ramore. <laughs> I think it's still going on. <laughs> Let it's, me check because mom used to watch Days. There, a lot of soaps ended though. Like I think the only ones left are Days, Bold and the Beautiful, and General, General Ho- Jennifer Hospital. I guess, yeah. It is still ongoing. It began November 8th, 1965. I'm just checking because I know all my children ended. Yeah. And it looks like One Life to Live also ended. Yeah, the only daytime soaps left in US are Bold and the Beautiful, Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, and Young and the Restless. Yeah. Um, All My Children ended in 2011, but it tried to come back as a web series and that didn't stick. Yeah. Yeah. Technically speaking, for our Canadian audience, um, Coronation Street is still ongoing. Oh, yeah. That's a British one, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, they just play it on CBC. Yeah, and EastEnders has been around since 1985. Oh, that's weak. Yeah. General Hospital's been around since 1963. Holy fuck. It only needs to last another four years for it to reach its uh, 60th anniversary. So, I guess we're going to have to watch General Hospital now. Absolutely not. <laughs> Even though the soaps go on so long that you can just jump in at any point. I do actually kind of yeah. want to reboot the um, Days of... Or not um, All My Children at some point. Because <laughs> I actually did watch that with my mom for a while. Yeah, and I do remember uh, Days of Our Lives had like this one arc involving like a princess. And there was reincarnation and the bad guy Stefano was involved somehow. And... <laughs> there was just straight up magic. 
all my children stayed pretty grounded, but I remember when they knew they were ending, they had a, the whole final arc was about a guy literally resurrecting the dead. Oh my god. In a secret lab in the hospital. Wow. It's, it sounds a lot more wild than it played out. Like, it was played out so mundanely. Ugh. Like, <laughs> there's one woman who just, like, was casually back alive, and they're like, how is it happening? I don't know, but I'm back now. It's wild. <laughs> anyway, so... Friends. Monica, chef, she's probably got um, OC80 and is definitely a germaphobe. Yes. And then there's Rachel. Rachel. So Rachel is kind of the... She is the newcomer to the friend group because the first episode opens with Rachel bursting into the coffee shop in a bridesmaid's or a, a wedding gown. Oh. Yeah, the first episode starts with Rachel bursting into the coffee shop in a wedding gown because she is a runaway bride. She <laughs> suddenly realized that she's not in love with the guy she's going to marry and she was only marrying him because he was high society. And that's her background is that she was very rich high society for almost all her life. And when she chooses not to marry the guy that she was supposed to, her father basically cuts her off. Oh. And so now she's stuck with the rest of the friends. And she already, like, knows some of them because she was best friends with Monica in high school. Yeah. And she knew Ross and Chandler, but, like, they weren't... Okay, Ross had a crush on Rachel since he met her, basically. Ew. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of cute when they do the flashback, because, like, there is one episode where, like, it's Rachel and Monica are going to the prom, and Rachel finds out at the last minute that she's being stood up by her date, that he's taking someone else. And yeah. so Ross did, like, and Ross has already graduated. And <laughs> it's another scene of David Schwimmer being very good at playing pathetic. Yeah. Where he's sitting on the stairs, and he's, like, got a, a Casio keyboard, because this is the 80s. <sighs> And the parents are like, what are you going to do over the summer? Ross like, oh, I'm just going to focus on my music. <laughs> oh my god, he was that kid. Yep. Um, but then he finds out that Rachel is being stood up. And so he goes and he like throws on a tux and he's about to take her to prom. And just as he comes down the stairs to take her, he sees her leaving because her date decided to show up after all. Oh. And so that's like, oh, it was like, she's the one that got away and he... He's been pining for her from a distance because he never got the chance to make her prom dreams come true. And then they end up getting together because Rachel sees that video and she's like, oh my gosh, you were going to take me to prom. This, this means everything to me. And then she runs to him because this was only season two. And so he wasn't a complete asshole yet. Look, I'm not impressed with like high school sweethearts or high school crushes finally getting together because... Okay, most of my family are from small towns, and that usually means you're dating your, like, third cousin. Oof. And you're just gonna be stuck in that town for the rest of your fucking life. Yeah. I mean, ending up with a high school sweetheart is really romantic, but I would rather people have other stuff happen in their lives before they end up getting together. Yeah, and, you know... Getting together with your high school sweetheart right out of high school tends to end in divorce way more often than... Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I am a... I would like to be a YA author one day. I'm going to say this right now. Any characters that get together... Any characters in high school who get together by the end of the book, they're probably going to break up in college. Yeah. There's a good chance they'll get back together after they've had better life experiences, but I don't want them to get together in high school and just stick together. Yeah. And fortunately, none of that actually happens. Like, yeah, it was an almost high school romance between Ross and Rachel, but they have plenty of other love interests throughout the season before they end up back together. Yeah. 
even though the reason they end up getting back together is because Ross convinces Rachel to turn down a high-paying job in Paris because he loves her. Oh my god. His main job is paleontology, right? Yes. He's got a full-on doctorate. He could get a job as a university professor, or at the very least a lecturer over in Paris. Yeah, and he got, he got a job as a university professor in New York. Like... So, transfer, you yeah. fuck nut. Holy fuck. This is why Ross is the fucking worst. Okay, so, I think I'm figuring out how we're gonna do this. Because, <laughs> enough Ross. Yeah. I've had just about enough of this guy. <laughs> Ross is out of the picture. Yep. We can have a little bit of Ross, and Ross will take the... Like, he'll still be the same person he is, but instead of him being the friend of the friends, it's Susan who's the friend of the friends, who shows up and, like, announces to them that she has to leave her husband because she realized she's a lesbian. Yes. And it could probably be something like, oh, we kind of already knew because you were really close with your alleged tennis partner. Yeah. <laughs> like, like turn into, like, everyone's super accepting, but also, we, we can see it. Yeah. We've seen it for a while. It just took you a while. Yeah. Um, and then Rachel can still burst in. Like, Rachel's arc... Rachel has the best arc through the whole series because she goes from a spoiled rich girl yeah. to a self-made, like, career woman. Okay. So she's basically... She comes into the series like one of the girls from Gossip Girl and blooms into an actual... Human being. Interesting person. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. That's the. <laughs> so is this going to stay in the 90s or are we moving it to today? Let's move it to today. Okay. Because, uh, hmm. No, because I feel like if we put, if I feel like if we kept it in the 90s, we would put, there would be way too much desire to make jokes about how 90s it is. Yeah. Like the reasons that Friends has such a powerful 90s aura is they just leaned into all the big stuff of the times. Yeah. There was an episode where... Uh, Ross and Monica and Joey were super excited to go see a Hootie and the Blowfish concert. <laughs> that was the hypest thing. Eh, well, their music was actually kind of good. Oh no, the Hootie and the Blow the Blow Shits. <laughs> no. <laughs> Remember to enunciate. Hootie and the Blowfish this is a very good band. But if you asked a kid to name a '90s band these days, they'd probably say Backstreet Boys or NSYNC or Spice Girls or Boys to Men. Nirvana. They're not gonna name Hootie. Yeah. They're gonna be like Who He. <laughs> and then I don't know. We could save money with very. If we're keeping this in New York, tiny, tiny apartments. <laughs> yeah. Give them realistic New York apartments. Yeah. There's like. They, ha they have storylines about how some of them are way better off financially than others, and yet they still are in very nice, very large New York apartments where it's very clear there's only, like, two apartments per floor in their building. Yeah, like, Fraser could justify its large apartments because both of those brothers make a shit ton of money as psychologists. Yeah. Yeah, predominantly we only had the two apartments. Yeah. We could have it so that, like, they're all beside each other pretty much. Mm -hmm. Which I think there was a sitcom from either this season or last season where that was the premise, except instead of friends, it was family members. Yeah. So you could have, say, Joey and Chandler are roommates. Yes. Because let's say Joey is still, he's still making his, he isn't a big time actor at all. He hasn't had his big break yet. Yeah, he hasn't had his big break yet, but he's making enough money that he could at least pay most of the bills for this apartment. Yeah. So it would be Susan, it would make more sense if Susan is living with 
Carol at the time. Oh, if see, if we have Susan as a main character, we'd probably have to have her break up with Carol at some point so she can date one of the other friends. What if Susan got together with Rachel? Yes. What if instead of just one lesbian... We have two lesbians! Gee, friends, how come your writing staff lets you have two lesbians? Because we can. Exactly. <laughs> because you're worth it. Yeah. And uh, which uh, network did Friends air on? NBC. Okay. It was one of their, like, four New York-based sitcoms. <laughs> they they tried to organize a whole thing where every single sitcom had a blackout episode on the same night. Okay. But two of them refused to participate. So it was supposed to be, like, it would have been this really cool thing of, like, oh, a blackout starts in one show and then, like, goes through, the, like, two more and then it's finally fixed in the last show. Yeah. But instead, it's like, this show had a blackout and this other show had a blackout. Well, that's it. Yeah. Missed opportunity there. There was also, they had crossovers with Mad About You. Okay. Because apparently there was a, okay, hang on. I'm going to find this whole story because this whole story is the most, most wild thing I've heard about. Okay. Basically, Lisa Kujo, who plays Phoebe. Yeah. She was in the Mad About You okay. as a recurring character named mm-hmm. Ursula. And she was a waitress at the diner that they all frequented. Okay. And then when Friends started, I guess the network decided that it would be confusing if Lisa Kudrow was recurring on one show and a main character on another. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, you have to solve this somehow. So they decided to make Ursula on Mad About You, Phoebe's evil twin. <laughs> so once again, we're back to soap opera plots. <laughs> and like, it's like the whole situation starts when Chandler and Joey end up going to the Mad About You diner. And they think Phoebe's working there as a waitress, and then Ursula is just an absolute nightmare to them. Mm-hmm. And then meanwhile on Friends, another guy starts dating Phoebe because she looks just like Ursula, and yeah. he's so obsessed with her that Phoebe has to end it. Yeah. Um, things that Ursula has done. Ruin at least one of Phoebe's relationships. Or maybe two, but she that one worked out at the end. Um, <laughs> start, like, use Phoebe's name in a porn video. Oh, it was it was buffet the vampire lair. <laughs> vampire porn never dies. Yep. Um, according to the distant finale of Mad About You, set twenty two years in the future, Ursula later becomes the governor of New York. <laughs> so, to in conclusion, I would like to keep Ursula as Phoebe's evil twin. <laughs> Phoebe's life actually is a soap opera. Yep. Except it's almost all of it is played for laughs. And most of it happens off screen. <laughs> yeah. She just mentions, oh yes, my evil twin and the time I got uh, pregnant even though I was a virgin at the time. And <laughs> Listen, she wasn't a virgin. <laughs> oh, that time I died and came back to life. That time I was possessed by the soul of a dead princess. The... She, well, actually, uh, Phoebe was possessed <laughs> by the spirit of her massage client. <laughs> That was, right, that was, I think that was a, that was a season two episode. Yeah. Season two was when Susan and Carol got married, and it was the same episode where, like, Phoebe, one of her massage clients, dies on the table, (laughs) and then she felt the spirit leave the body and enter her own, and then, like, every once in a while, like, she just starts talking like an old lady and, like, disparaging people, (laughs) and Phoebe's like, I... I just, I feel like in order for her to move on, she wanted to see the world. So I'm just trying to take in as many unique experiences as I can to help her go to peace. <laughs> and then eventually it gets to the wedding between Carol and Susan. And like, just as they say the I do's and they kiss, Phoebe goes, two women getting married. Well, now I've seen everything. 
Oh my god, guys, she's gone! I'm free! <laughs> Speaking of weddings, again, I remember from Ross and Emily's wedding, Joey showing up in the World War One uniform from the fucking set. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I still want that to happen. Like, in this case, it wasn't so much him being a... I think it was construed as him being a dick because he was prioritizing work over a friend's wedding. And it's maybe it's more like, no, this is simply a time thing. I got to be there because of contract rules. But I, as soon as we're done shooting for the day, I'm going to come straight to your wedding. And it just so happens I got to come in costume. (laughs) Yeah. He also insists on buying and wearing an ostentatious Union Jack souvenir hat. As a result, Chandler spends the rest of the day miserable in his hotel room while Joey has a great afternoon, even getting to meet Fergie. Wait, what? Was this when Fergie released her solo album? No, this was in 98. I didn't even know 90 wasn't... Unless we're talking about, like, the former Duchess of York Fergie. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Hang on, I have to, I have to investigate this now. Hang on, I think this is the scene. Okay. God, Ross, you're so bitter. Oh. It starts with Ross trying to convince Rachel to come to his and Emily's wedding, and he's just so miserable. He's like, if you're not coming, I guess you'll watch it on video later. Oh my god. Ross, you're not... Okay, so last year when Harry and Meghan got married, yes, I am a bit of a royal watcher, okay? Yeah. Fucking fight me, whatever. Um, A bunch of Harry's ex-girlfriends showed up, but the thing is, when you've dated a royal... You're part of the inner circle, and you get a lot of really great benefits from that, even if you break up with them at the end. (laughs) As long as you don't betray their confidence, you're good. So Megan didn't have to do a whole Scott Pilgrim versus the world through Harry's seven exes? (laughs) Apparently not. (laughs) They know their place. And hey, if they want to be in the royal box at the derby, then you keep your mouth shut. Yeah, so it's not Fergie Ferg from the Black Eyed Peas. I'm pretty sure that's just the the Duchess of whoever, the, the Lady of Duchess of York, the, the ex-wife of Prince Andrew, a.k.a. Randy Andy. <laughs> yes, that. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of other classic... Hang on, let me check out the classic Friends episodes. I know the one that I always come back to is the one where nobody's ready. Yeah, okay. Which is possibly the most relatable Friends episode, where basically... It's a bottle episode, and bottle episodes are always either the best or really average. Okay. This is one of the best bottle episodes. It all takes place in one of their apartments. Everyone's trying to get ready because Ross is accepting a reward for something. Yeah. And people start running late. Like, Chandler refuses to get dressed, and then he shows up wearing, like, one of Joey's shirts. So Joey shows up wearing everything Chandler owns, and (laughs) then, like... Um, Rachel is trying to, like, get a callback for one of her jobs, and, like, they keep having to play phone tag, and then she accidentally spills hummus on Phoebe, so then Phoebe's trying to find a new outfit, and Monica's doing something, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, did you know that Tom Selleck was on here for a really long time? Really? He was Mo- he was Monica's long-term boyfriend before she got together with Chandler. Huh. Yeah. Tom Selleck. Yeah, mustache and everything. Maybe he can be one of the characters' dads now. <laughs> That would be amusing. Yeah, because he's not in an action-heavy role on, like, uh, Blue Bloods, so... There was the one with all the resolutions, where everyone tries to make New Year's resolutions. And of course they break them? Of course they break them. Because, let's see, there was... 
Chandler breaks his vow not to make fun of people. Joey <laughs> tries to learn how to play guitar, and then he gets into a fight because Phoebe tries to teach him, but then she's teaching him like her way, which is yeah. like feeling the spirit of the guitar, oh. and like she makes up all her own names for the chord hands. Oh, and so she like he ends up going to a guitar store to learn, and like Phoebe lambasts him for like not trusting her with the soul of the music. Ah, uh, da da da. There was one where Danny DeVito was a stripper. Danny DeVito was a stripper? That was the joke. Yeah, see, a, a lot of, there's plenty of jokes that age pretty well, and a lot are just like, why are you like this? <laughs> there was the really nasty one that had Brad Pitt who, as a guy who hated Rachel in high school and started a club about how much he hated Rachel. Ugh. And they invite him over for dinner, and he talks about how much he still hates Rachel. Ew. That was when um, he and Jennifer Aniston were married, right? Yeah, that was back when they were married. There was also, this was one of the many concerning transphobic plots that popped up. Ugh. Fortunately, we're smarter than that, and that's not going to happen. Yeah. And there was one where they all play football together, and it was like, there was, it was one of many guys versus girls episodes, which we wouldn't have to do, because yeah. we now have four girls and only two guys. Yeah. Who would definitely hook up at some point. Mm-hmm. Not endgame, but it's real. Yeah. Jandler is real. <laughs> Fanfiction writers, start your engines! <laughs> Alright, so I think that brings us to a conclusion. Unless you have anything else you can think of putting into friends, more friends? Let's see. Will we still keep it single camera or multi camera? Uh, single cam. Okay. Single cam, put the laugh track in there too. Yeah. Maybe friends will be recorded in front of a live studio audience. Yeah, who actually laughs. Yeah. Not the canned stuff, because the canned stuff is weird. It's past its expiration date. Yeah, and I remember watching episodes of MASH, and they do have canned laugh, because they actually, like, filmed out in the middle of California wilderness. Yeah. So they can't actually have a theater <laughs> audience there. <laughs> I mean, they could screen it for the audience, and then have them laugh, and then record the laughter, and then put the laughter in. But that's extra work. Yeah. And at the very least, they did stick with the whole rule of no laughing during surgery parts. Um, did you know that most canned laughter is from I Love Lucy because they were the best in like industry history? Oh. Yeah. Cool. But I Love Lucy is also the best, so. The, yes, it is. Yeah. Um, I think that brings this segment of the episode to a close. Yeah. So I'm going to go crack open a fresh can of canned laughter. And while I do that, you guys can listen to a friendship promo. Hello and welcome to Bed Bath & Bionicle, a show where I call Joe, my friend, Hi. at 7am my time and talk to them about the wonderful world of Bionicle. Let's mm. go through a quick quiz, Joe. Mm. Um, tell me, any member of the Toa Mata. Uh, is that the first one? It's the first one. Uh, Kopaka. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <coughs> <laughs> Potato. Yeah, uh, yeah, there you go, that's two. Taco Nuva. You can find more of this riveting information over at Bed Bath & Bionicle Nirvana. on your local podcast app. That's not! It's a band! <laughs> Airing every Monday. Check us out. I'm so sleepy. Did that sound fresh enough? Yeah. Okay. Lindsay, where can people find you on the internet? 
I'm at lindsaym476, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me at SparkyUpstart on Twitter. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Not If I Reboot You First, and they're pronounced... You can find this podcast on Instagram at not if I reboot you first, all one word. The hashtag is N-I-I-R-Y-F, and it's pronounced Chandler Bang. <laughs> oh my god. Chandler M. Bing. <laughs> the M stands for Muriel. <laughs> oh, yeah, those parents. Oh, I forgot to mention Chandler's parents. One is a best-selling romance author. Oh! The other is a drag queen. <laughs> the drag queen was not portrayed in the best because the father was always in drag, and they weren't. They left you unsure whether he was just constantly in drag, or there was a transgender thing going on, mm. or if he was just doing it to constantly spite his mother because they were divorced. Oh, okay. The point being, once again, we will handle it much better. Yeah, Chandler has gay dads. Yeah, we'll pick an option and stick with it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff about the characters' neuroses that the show's like, haha, this is funny, and we're like, can, can we actually, like, take a bit of a closer look at this? We yeah. can get some laughs out of this without, like, completely brushing off those issues that these people have. Yeah. There's an entire, like, subgenre of comedy called dramedy. Yes. Pioneered by M.A.S.H. Exactly. <laughs> a very funny comedy set during the Korean War! <laughs> yup. Yeah, I'm just saying that Sunday we will be talking about making a comedy in a similar vein to mash that'll be interesting we'll have ryan here because he's also seen mash and maybe sabrina too that's a good plan yeah i won't even be in the room yeah <laughs> ryan this is your discussion you're in charge <laughs> we also have an email address not if i reboot you first at gmail.com you can send us your comments your criticisms your critiques if you have ideas for future things we could reboot you can send us that if you want to be a guest at some point you can send us your hint. Not the full idea, just the hint. Yep. We want to be surprised. Exactly. And we will find a spot for you. Um, we also have a Patreon. Very important. Very important. For $1 a month, you can get a weekly shout out like our good friend Charlie. Hi. Thanks, Charlie. <laughs> and for $5 a month, you can vote in our poll. I think that covers it. Yeah. So, uh, until next week, we'll see you later. But... Not if we reboot you first. <laughs> <laughs>